I wish I knew the impact of every connection that you make. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm super excited to have Christina Chu today on the podcast. This episode goes out to anyone that has become an RD during this past year in COVID. You know, whether you're trying to get your foot in the door or just gain sports nutrition experience, this year has not been ideal at all. And my heart just goes out to all of you. I can't even imagine what it's like. And and my hope is that Christina's advice today can leave you with, you know, some tips and tools and confidence that you can take, you know, in your next steps to gaining sports nutrition experience during this time. Christina Chu has been an RD for one full year, and she talks all about what it's like being a new RD during COVID, how to gain sports nutrition experience during this time, and the importance of having a mentor. Christina Chu is a performance dietitian consultant based out of Chicago. She works with athletes from youth to professional to optimize their nutrition to fuel their lifestyle. She became a dietitian in February of 2020, shortly before the start of the global pandemic. During this time, Christina was able to develop and implement sports nutrition programs in Chicago area performance centers and clinics to best support high-level athletes in the Windy City. Christina is a double terrier, having completed her bachelor's and master's degree at Boston University. She completed her dietetic internship at Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital and has had past performance nutrition experiences at Boston University's Athletics Fueling Station and the elective rotation at the UFC Performance Institute. In addition to being a dietitian, Christina also teaches cycling classes at Equinox and conducts corporate wellness seminars. She's a former personal trainer, tennis instructor, and writer. You can find her on Instagram at Christina Y. Chu. Let's jump in and let's meet Christina. Hey, Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Liz. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. How's life? You're in Chicago, right? Oh, yes. It is so warm here. The people of Texas can't even compare. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I asked my Google Home, and she said that it was 16 degrees outside, but because of the wind chill, it feels like three, so... Oh, not good. 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 Oh, it's, it just builds, it just builds toughness. That's how I like to think about it. (laughs) I always like to think I, for some reason, I think you're in Boston just because you went to BU. Me too. But yeah, I forget. (laughs) CBT. Um, Yeah. So I just start these episodes off with how we know each other. So I feel, I was talking to Christina before this. I feel like I've just always known Christina, but I probably Instagram. I feel like a lot of people probably know you from Instagram. Probably. Probably. (laughs) <laughs> it's really random, but someone was like DMing me about, or through the podcast and they were like, hopefully we can meet in person. Something about, you know, this is just a virtual connection. And I was like, it doesn't matter how you connect, like a connection's a connection. So, I mean, it'd be great if we can all see each other in person, but I think like, don't you feel like back in the day it used to be like, oh, like virtual, not like you had virtual friends, but like now it's more normalized. Cause it's like, this is our world folks. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know, like, even especially if you've just started your job and you have to be virtual, like, 100% of the time, 
that's the only way you're going to get to know them. And so, yeah, obviously you make connections online if you're that kind of person. Um, and so I've, I've made plenty of friends online that I'm like still friends with to this day. So yeah. <laughs> All connections count is the point of this. Of course, of course. <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually started my career path in high school. I think I was a little bit of ahead of the game. Um, I knew I wanted to be a dietitian probably my junior or senior year of high school. Um, and <laughs> we have like college and career fair days in high school. I don't know if you ever had that. Yeah, uh, I have a dietitian come and talk to us. So, you know, you have all these like big schools and these big banks and whatever, and they have their cool like free pens they hand out and things. And this little tiny corner, and she wasn't registered, this little tiny like woman in this corner with like her folding chair and her like Elmer's like tripod poster system. Um, it said like nutrition across the top. And I remember just being like, whoa, like I remember I was always interested in nutrition. My mom was like, why don't you study it in school? And I didn't know you could do that. So I went up to her to just kind of ask her more questions. And she introduced me to like what the Academy um, of Nutrition and Dietetics was, gave me like these pamphlets. I did not get a free pen, but it's fine. Um, and yeah, I started to look into it. Um, really funny story. They have a list of all of the accredited colleges by state. And so uh, how I decided to um, apply for whatever college was on the, um, not the diecast, what's the, what's the undergrad um, application called? Do you remember? Ooh, oh. Oh, whatever. Oh. Whatever Wait. that, what is <laughs> One app, no. Common app. Common app. The common One app. app. Oh my God, I'm dying. One app as in they all go to the same place. <laughs> Anyways, so I so I looked up on the Common app and I, um, or sorry, in order for me to apply um, on the Common app for whatever colleges I wanted to go through, I literally looked at the list and I said, which one would look really good on a diploma? You know, I didn't want something that had like 10 names to it. You know, I didn't want something that like, was a no-name school or named after something really random. Like I wanted a school that everyone could understand where it came from. Um, and so all in all, I ended up at BU. I ended up at Boston University. Um, I think I applied the night before. I think I submitted like a first draft to my college application. I didn't even edit it. It was like two hours before deadline. I'm like, I'm just going to submit this. And lo and behold, that's where I ended up. And I obviously don't regret anything about it. It's just a funny story okay. how that came about. Um, so yeah, so I went to undergrad at Boston University, um, did my four years there, started as a dietetics major, you know, went to the open house as a dietetics major. I didn't transfer or anything, um, stayed within the program, really loved it, um, really loved the classes and the professors. Um, and then I continued to stay uh, at BU for my graduate degree. So at BU, they have the MSDI program where your master's is combined with your dietetic internship. Um, and that's the route that I chose to, talk, chose to take rather. Um, and so I did my, I first actually, I first got into sports through the uh, um, practicum program 
at Boston University. So we have a graduate practicum program. It's basically a class where you get real life experience and that's considered like class credit. Um, and so, yeah, so I did mine at BU's Fueling Station. It was probably about a year old, I think at the time. Um, and Lauren O'Brien was the sports dietitian there. Um, since then she's left, but she was an amazing first mentor. Um, I really loved her personality. She was really educated in all these fields and, you know, opening up a fueling station, I'm sure you understand is kind of chaos um, majority of the time. And so I really like that because I feel like I thrive in chaos um, or maybe I seek it, I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, but that's really um, where I blossomed. And so I would do all of the responsibilities from obviously making the smoothies and things like that, interacting with the athletes. But I would also like wipe down the fridges to make sure that they didn't have any fingerprints on them and like Swiffer the floor. Like I think I was the only one that Swiffered the floor. I like clean the walls. Like I would literally do everything because I was like, I need this space to look perfect. Um, I also helped like develop the inventory sheet and um, we like develop new flavors and things like that. But once I started that um, practicum program, I really fell in love with sports and working with athletes. I originally wanted to go down the corporate wellness route, maybe for the majority of my undergrad training, but I realized that corporate wellness will always be there. Um, and I really wanted something that I could specialize in. Um, and working in sports, the way that you talk about nutrition in sports is just so much different than general health, um, general population, um, disease prevention and things like that. So I fell into sports actually a little bit later, which is a little bit different, but I, obviously everyone has their own journey. After I completed my master's coursework, I then did my dietetic internship at Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital in Needham, Massachusetts, which is a small, acute, do you know Needham, by the yeah, way, Liz? No, no, I, was okay. gonna, I didn't want to interrupt, but yeah, literally yeah. 20 minutes like from there. Sharon is like Wait. 20 minutes. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, it was Needham. I feel like people need them like hang out at the hospital. I don't know. It was like this like weird like hub. Yeah, I'm not from Needham, so I don't know like the culture, but but yeah, I know Needham. I know all the surrounding towns. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really cute neighborhood. Um, or uh I'm not sure if it's a town, but it's a cute area. Um, and I did my internship there for the majority of it. Um and that was an amazing experience. I've never stepped foot in a hospital, thankfully, um, before that in my life. Uh, and so to really put on the lab coat, like go and see patients, see these, um, you know, cases is, is really was an awesome learning opportunity. And I, not to brag, but I think I probably had like the best preceptors. Again, it was a small acute hospital, acute care hospital, um, chaos, definitely the dietitian, the clinical dietitians played food service roles. Um, and I, I feel like, again, chaos is where I thrive. <laughs> um, and so that was my dietetic internship. I also spent a week with um, Clint, who I know you just spoke with um, from the UFCPI. Oh, cool. So you went yeah. out there for a week? Mm -hmm. Oh, right. So <laughs> my my program director, I think joking around was like, oh, you have an elective week, like you could fly out to California if you really wanted to. And I was like, oh, okay. I like took that seriously. Yeah, and so I was like, wait, you're you're not joking on this, right? Like we can go anywhere. I was like, maybe I'll go home, find something there for a week. Um, 
because I was I had to skip holidays or I, I chose to um, work through yeah. the holidays um, just to kind of get it over with and I was like, screw it. Like, I'm going to go reach out to client. Like I've been getting a lot of no's, you know, whatever. Um, and he was actually the only one that said yes to come um, for so a week funny. and okay. like shadow. So it was really an amazing opportunity. Um, so I spent uh, a week there and here I am. I became a dietitian literally a year ago, Liz, Woo! a year ago amazing 365 days and the world has not yet burned down there was also a pandemic but the world has not yet burned down um oh my gosh this is when it gets crazier and so I became a dietitian when I was in Boston a lot of life things happen obviously the pandemic hit in around March when everything started to shut down we were saying hey I'll see you in two weeks and I still haven't seen these people um I was obviously looking for jobs, applying for fellowships, you know, doing all those things. Um, I live with my boyfriend and we actually had to move for his job in June. So we moved to Chicago in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a social justice movement. So when we came to Chicago, our movers were late because they said, um, there's a car on fire in the middle of the road and all the bridges are up and the police are not letting us through because of um, all of the protests that were going on. And so it was just, again, chaos, but we managed to get through it. We're here, we're settled, our stuff is here <laughs> six months later, uh, eight months later. And yeah, and so I came here again, still applying for jobs, still doing everything that I had to do, networking, connecting. Um, and now I'm a dietitian consultant um, and I consult for a couple of um, clinics around the area, um, but I would probably say I have one main area um, that I consult with and they are a sport performance training facility um, where we work with athletes individually one-on-one -on -one, um, in strength conditioning, physical therapy, and now nutrition to really just boost their athletic performance. Wow. What's it like being a dietitian for a year in a pandemic? You know, because um, you were right before COVID, right? So I just yeah. I feel like there's so many dietitians, and it's just crazy because I feel like at first it used to be like, you know, you see people on Instagram holding up the sheet that they became an RD, and it used to be like, oh, you know, this is COVID, but now it's been like a whole year. So yeah. what's it like being a new RD in COVID? It's definitely interesting. I I think you know I always say that I'm like I'm so grateful to like have my health and, and, you know, there are people who have it a lot worse than I do. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, have a roof over my head. Like these are not things that I'm taking lightly, but it's certainly challenging because I feel like there hasn't been a global pandemic in so long. And so no one can kind of relate, like no one can help you as to, and there was a financial crisis too. I mean, think about it. When COVID just started, the markets weren't doing so hot because no one was, nothing was active. And so it was really difficult to find a job. It was a lot of like, we don't know what's going from the employer side. They didn't know what was going on with COVID. Um, and we're in March, we were all kind of running around with our heads cut off. Like we weren't sure, like someone could cough and you'd be like COVID, like instantly. You know, we weren't quite sure like what the uh, multitude would be. And so it was a lot of like unknowns and it was a lot of like, sorry, like we can't take, we can't take the risk of allocating resources out to another person because we don't know if our company is going to go down. And so there was a lot of that and it's, it was, it was chaos. It was chaos but we're here, we're alive, we're thriving, <laughs> we're well. Uh, 
And so what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Yeah. What do you feel like you've done during this time to network and, and get yourself out there? Because I feel like just being a new RD in a pandemic in a pandemic is super challenging, but is there something that's kind of pushed you out of your comfort zone that maybe anyone listening can kind of take away? Yeah. Um, I would say that I think I, I honestly have a naturally pretty outgoing personality. And so I have no problem going up to people and, and just talking to them. Um, but now it has to all be done virtually because obviously you want to respect their space. Um, I had some people who are like, hey, like, let's meet up. Let's go grab a coffee. Let's go out for a walk because it was like warm at the time. Um, Let's go out for a walk and let's talk because a lot of people are really craving that like social, like just like looking at a person in real life. (laughs) Um, And then obviously some people, um, you know, want to to keep things virtual. And so I I just found myself reaching out to literally anyone and everyone um, to really plug in the CPSDA. I went to the CPSDA directory looked up the state of Illinois. I think I actually, no, I think I did the Chicago zip code and I connected with everyone on LinkedIn that was in that um, list. Just, and then like sent them all a message and I'm like, hey, like I just moved here. I don't really know what the scene is like either. Um, The nutrition scene in Chicago, like, you know, could you help me out at all? Is there anything, any sort of leads or any, you know, anything you can help me with ready really um and so a lot of them have been really helpful with that i've gotten on a lot of um facetimes and calls and that's actually how i found my mentor too um andrea red sarusin she is um i remember listening to katie knappenberger's episode and she's like i'm one of so many um dietitians and athletic trainers and so is my mentor which is really cool um but I would just say you have to kind of bite the bullet and say hello to whomever you think could be helpful because they're not going to come to you. I love it. Straightforward. But that that's amazing though, because and it's cool because you're like an extroverted person in general, but to think even if you're not that, like you don't have to be extroverted in a way to like send a, like an email or like go through LinkedIn. Like obviously you're still putting yourself out there, but you're taking away that maybe less of that nerve wracking going up to them. So yeah, I think that's a really good, I never even thought of that, but to go through the directory through CPSDA and like, who's in your state, how many people got back to you? Would you say from reaching out? I would probably say, I think I probably reached out to maybe like 20 people. And I would say, um, I think almost all of them like accepted my request. And I think the amount of people who replied to my private message, I would probably maybe say like half of them. Um, and they were obviously busy people. Um, and so they're like, sorry, like, I can't, I can't help you right now. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. Um, obviously. Um, and there were some people who were like, Ooh, like it is a tough situation. Like I feel for you, but like, I don't, I don't know either. Um, so you just kind of have to, you're going to get a lot of no's or a lot of, I don't know. Um, but it was, there was never anything malicious. Like none of these dietitians were like, huh, like that sucks. (laughs) good luck you know like there was never any um like i feel like in other fields it can be kind of competitive in that way but i feel like within the dietitian community everyone's like i wish i could help i just i literally have nothing to give to you um but i'll keep my eyes open yeah that's a good point just reaching out and it's not going to look the same but you you can get a lot of connections and help Mm -hmm. you know like you said you got to bite the bullet like this is not ideal at all but you know you those connections count during this time for sure 
Yeah. And I, I had a feeling, you know, every, I think around that time, everyone's like, oh, you know, it'll be over by next week. It'll be over by next month. You know, like we're just going to power through something clicked in my head. I'm like, it's not going to be over by next month. Like we can't, like, I think a lot of people, especially in the beginning, kept thinking, oh, when COVID's over, like, we're just going to do this. And I'm like, we have to adapt to this now, you know, like, we can't just keep thinking about what life was like beforehand. Like, people are going to be wearing masks for a very long time. Like, their COVID tests, like, those clinics are not going to go down anytime soon. Um, and so we, we kind of have to adapt to that. Uh, and I took that as a challenge instead of a, a detriment. Yeah. How are you gaining sports nutrition experience as a new dietitian, especially during this time? Like, what are some things that you've done that maybe anyone listening could try to do? <laughs> yeah, I think it's tough. Um, you know, I'm sure as you know, Liz, with um, during this time, sports were kind of unknown and up in the air. Um, I remember back in Boston, I made a couple connections where it's like, all right, let's get this things going. And it's like, wait, there's something coming. Like, we're going to hold off a little bit. And then obviously everything shut down. Um I think uh, someone told me this where you have to start thinking of athletes as active people. Um, you know, they don't have to be someone that puts on a jersey and throws a ball. Uh, these are active people. Don't forget about your runners um, and, and everyone like that. And so I just found myself connecting with like-minded people. Um, I think if you want to work in sports, if you want to work in athletics, then you better start acting like someone who works with athletes, even if you know, you've only had one client or something like that. Um, you can find a lot of active people who go to the gyms or um, in COVID times, like watched Instagram live workout videos and things like that. Um, and so through my consulting um, services, I do offer one-on-one -on -one sessions. And so that's how I pretty much gain my experience is working directly with these athletes, as well as checking in with my mentor to just make sure that I'm doing, doing no harm um, and, and, progressing in my practice. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to have a mentor because I think people are afraid to like, like you said, like sports nutrition is sports nutrition, but it's also just like active people. And I think a lot of times people will, or I've gotten a call that was like, I feel like I'm working with athletes, but I'm not a sports dietitian. And it's like almost this like, you don't want to, you're afraid to give yourself a label, but like you're just, just be a dietitian and like mm -hmm. you, you kind of weave the sports nutrition into it. But um. I think it's really smart that you have a mentor too, because I don't think people would think about that. I think they would just get like nervous while doing the work and not think, Hey, like I don't have to do this alone. So I think that's really smart as a young dietitian to like reach out and get that support. Yeah, absolutely. And since then, I know it's only been a year, but I've had people reach out to me too. And I remember just feeling that like, wait, really? But you know, you have a lot of advice and a lot of um, uh, expertise to offer regardless of, you know, how many years, obviously, if you are seasoned, you know, you're a god, but um, I think, like, my mentor, for example, I'm obviously really, really grateful for her, and it does take time out of your day to mentor someone, but it's for the better of the field, you know, and I think there's a lot of, I, I struggle with people who have criticism in our field, but then do nothing about it. Like your actions need to align with your words. And so if you're frustrated with young dietitians, you know, provi providing inadequate or like not great counseling, then help young dietitians improve their counseling. 
I, I wish sometimes those actions would align with the words. Um, and I, I really applaud my mentor for, for taking me on, which is really great. Yeah, that's amazing. What is a typical day? So I know you mentioned you um, consult with a few, is it a few companies or maybe you mm -hmm. just want to explain like, what is a typical yeah. day, how you work and <laughs> there's no typical day. There's no typical week. Um, like I said, I thrive in chaos. Uh, and so everything is always up in the air. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, um, there are client sessions, which I would say take the take the priority. And around that, you work all of your computer stuff, right? And so um, my typical day can include me um, checking in on my clients' food logs, um, you know, making any comments. Um, if I have the extra time, I'll kind of dive into it deeper, but just make sure that like there's not, nothing missing on their plate or if they've asked me a question, I can answer it right away. Um, or if they're, you know, concerned about how they're feeling, et cetera. And then it's also your emails, your lovely, lovely emails. Um, and then, you know, going in to see a client, whether that be virtually um, or safely in person. And then it, on the other side of thing, there's a lot of networking. There's a lot of reaching out to different companies. Um, there's a lot of reaching out to other dietitians. Um, and it can it can vary. Uh, we don't have a feeling or like I don't have a feeling station or I don't have to handle any of that um, food service aspect of things. Um, so that's not necessarily part of my job. Um, but as a consultant, you know, you're always looking to grow. So it's about how do I reach out to, to different people who need nutrition services from a dietitian um, and, and really help their business grow and help their practice grow and help their um, really their athletes develop. Cool. Are there any tips on like how to reach out, you know, or, or just anything you've learned from that process on how to have your services be wanted? How to cold call someone via email. Um, it's a skill. It's a skill. Um, I think I spend a lot of time staring at my email, thinking about if I were to be on the receiving end, how would I want this to look? I've gotten a lot of um, emails that could, could use a lot of work. And Again, first impressions are everything, and that can really deter you from following up or just saying, hey, I'm no longer interested. Um, I think for me, what I've heard um, that people enjoyed about or responded to in my emails were that everything, one, was spelled correctly and professional, and there was a simple subject header. There was no abbreviations. Um, just some of those basics, I think we forget sometimes. We're comfortable with people, but we always want to set that um, first professional impression, even though, as you can tell, woo, loosey-goosey over here. <laughs> but yeah. um, anything at BU at your time working in the sports nutrition department, anything mm -hmm. that's kind of helped you up until today or just some lessons that you've learned from that time or just anything? I really enjoyed my connections with the sports performance team. Our feeling station was in the uh, weight room. I think it was like an old closet. I think that's how most feeling stations start um, or an old, old storage unit. But I really like still to this day, keep in touch with a lot of those strength coaches because I think they have so much to offer and they're so smart in their ways that we just don't have that same time to allocate towards those that education piece. Um, and 
you know, I remember I um, sat down with one of the strength coaches afterwards, after my rotation, um, he was kind enough to sit down with me. And I was like, I want to know everything about what you think from your perspective about dietitians. Like, have you had a good experience? Have you had a bad experience? Like in a dreamland, like, what do you think that cohesive relationship would look like? Like, how can I help service you? Like, what are things that athletes ask you that you don't really know, but you feel like you have to answer like things like that. Um, and he was just really open and honest with me and, you know, helped me frame things of, how can I support strength and conditioning? Um, how can I help support, make their athletes faster, stronger, um, recover well, eat breakfast, so that way their workouts are good. They don't work out so that way they eat well, they work or they eat well so that way they can um, work out well, right? Like that's the athlete's main concern is that they get big and swole or whatever. Um, and so he kind of helped almost for me, like step outside and, and really be humble um, and, and see things from a different perspective. That's really cool. Especially like, I don't think anyone usually in that stage of their career would think to like maybe ask a strength coach what they would see. So it's cool that, you know, it wasn't just with the dietitian there. It's like you. I mean, I was new to the sports world. Like I said, that, that fueling station practicum was my first anything I ever did with sports. Everything else has been in corporate. Um, I did work as a trainer for a little bit, I think about three years. So I was the one on the other end, um, but ultimately that wasn't my passion. Um, it was really uh, just a really great way to broaden my skills. Um, but I wanted to know like everything that he thought of because he had a very um, great career and I was just so curious about the athletic field. Um, and I just wanted to know anything from everyone. <laughs> Advice, stay curious. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. I think it's super funny because for some reason, the only reason I feel like I found, a, found out about the BU Fueling Station is because I must have been friends with you on Instagram back in 2018. And it was just like you behind the, the beautiful <laughs> station. But I feel like I've never seen any pictures except for like the one that you posted. And it's just such a nice space. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was brand new. You know, Lauren O'Brien really did a great job. I think she like designed it or helped design it too, which is really cool. Um, it flows really well. Um, it makes great use for the tiny little space it was. Um, and our athletes at the time, you know, really seemed, seemed to like it, at least during my time there. So Amazing. best piece of advice in your career up until this one year point. Give <laughs> 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 me before becoming an RG too. Um... I think my best piece, well, I have two. Can I do two, Liz? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of my ones that I still love to use to this day and that I would always, always think about is fake it till you make it. Um, you know, especially with a, being a student or especially as a very starting young RD, you're in your head a lot and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and if you come across that way, other people will also think that you don't know what you're doing, right? And so if you're able to just kind of exude that confidence in front of, um, not in front of your mentors or not in front of, you know, the people that can help you develop, but in front of maybe like paying clients or potential clients or anything like that, um, potential employers, if you're able to kind of exude this confidence, then they feel confident in you too as well. I mean, think about any experiences that you've had from the other perspective where you've seen someone who was insecure about themselves, you're also insecure about them too. Um, 
what I did a lot, uh, which I don't know if this is good or not, but I did it. Um, I would always pretend like I was my professor or I would pretend like I was someone that I really looked up to in these interviews and these calls um, in these corporate wellness talks and things like that. And I would pick up on their mannerisms and pick up on sometimes even their accents. Um, I used to have like a more Midwestern accent. And then once I moved to Boston, it just kind of like humble jumbled, but um, I would pick up on their things and just pretend to be like them because that helped me be like, okay, if they didn't like it, it wasn't Christina Chu that they didn't like. It was just like this persona that I put up. Um, and so that really helped me kind of get out of my own head and provide the best service that I can provide. I just didn't have that innate confidence to do it. And I think over the years, that confidence, because I faked it, just leaked in. And so now I feel um, after with practice and uh, feedback and everything, um, you start to feel that own confidence too. So fake it till you make it um, is probably my number one piece of advice. I love that. I think that's such a good point because I mean, I, I remember being in RD for like one to two years. Like, I think someone said this in another um, episode, but you don't really start feeling like confident until like year three. Like it just, it just, it takes time. And I think, I mean, everyone probably laughs. You take the RD exam. It's literally one of the most horrible experiences of your life. And it makes you feel worse about yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. It makes you feel so bad about yourself. Yeah. And then like, for some reason you think you have that credential and you feel like, like you don't even know you don't realize that like it's not like check here you go like it's just the beginning and I think like you're totally right like finding that confidence like there's so many times I look back and I was like so in my head like you're saying mm -hmm. like, you're so in your head and I wish I didn't second guess myself so much but I think probably the easiest way to describe it is when you're younger you don't have a track record of all these successful clients you don't so I, I like that of like you know pretending you're not pretending you're someone else but but yeah like you're if you're not confident who's gonna trust you who's gonna believe you so yeah just the more you practice the more like now you probably are yourself right versus you know you're not no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> you feel more like yourself because you've practiced and you put the work in. So I think anyone that's a dietitian for like a year, like you shouldn't feel comfortable. Like you, you don't, you're never, I mean, you're always supposed to keep learning, but I, I don't know why it's not talked about, not like more enough, but it's really uncomfortable, especially your first like two years. So find like a mentor that can help you with counseling and, you know, different cases. And because it's all new. But yeah. I, uh, yeah. I remember um, when I was a trainer, when I first started training, actually, um, there was a girl who would come. I was also a tennis instructor. We're going way back now, but I was at tennis instructor when I was at BU. Um, and one of the girls in the class, we literally saw each other at the grocery store one day, just kept talking. I told her a little bit more about like what I was studying because you don't talk about that during when you're working. Um, and she was just someone who was looking to improve her health. And I was like, I basically was like, can I practice on you? Like, would you be interested in like being a little guinea pig? And she was a teacher. So I knew she was like cool and like nice and like wouldn't like sue me or anything. Um, but I'm like, I'm just like an 18 year old and I, I want to start thinking ahead of my career. Um, and so I basically practiced on her as to how I would counsel someone and how I would like 
talk to someone about food and, and kind of get those clunky jitters out of like, remember your first session with someone like, how oh. about like the dietetic internship? Like you do not count. Like you don't know. Like, like, so I think just knowing like credentials are awesome and it is so exciting. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But like, it is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm obviously still learning. I think I'm absolutely on that upward track of whatever life is we're going up up, baby exponentially we're gonna break through the ceiling um but no one talks about their first session and no one no one knows about it because it's just so awkward and so like you just gotta do it you just gotta just gotta do it because then all the other ones will work out well and yeah. every client session is practice, right? You can always do one thing better. Maybe you can say something a little bit more concisely or transition better or whatever it is. Um, you're always learning. And trust me, I am always learning from um, each client session. Awesome. And and just by like listening to the client, like if you're listening and you're engaged, you can't really mess up. Yeah. What's your second piece of advice? My second piece of advice, I think this is more general and I don't think someone told me it. I think I just heard it somewhere. Um, but it, that everyone thinks they're the good guy. Um, I think I saw this from, it was like some like military investigator interview or something. Um, and they asked what her biggest lesson was. And she said that everyone thinks they're the good guy. Like, And everyone in their own head thinks that they're doing the right thing. And I think that this can definitely apply to when you're working on a team, like the people, when you're working on a team, people normally aren't maliciously trying to forget about you or people aren't, you know, purposely responding to your, not responding to your emails or people aren't whatever. Like we all have our own things going on. And I think that we need to understand that everyone thinks they're the good guy and that no one is like, I'm intentionally trying to be bad. It's just, we all have different priorities. Um, so if something doesn't work out, it's not a judgment of someone's character. It's just a, maybe a situational thing. Maybe it's not the right time. Um, and that's kind of helped me a lot um, from more of like a judgmental side of things and being able to let things go um, is just to understand that like everyone thinks they're good and that's it. That's all it is. I like that. Yeah. And takes the pressure off you too. Cause especially, I mean, as you gain more experience, you, you don't take things as personally as you used to. Cause it's yeah. just new, but it's just new. what is it? You don't, everyone thinks they're the good guy. Everyone thinks they're the good guy. Yeah. Nobody thinks they're the bad guy. I like it. Ready for the rapid fire round. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Let's go. What vegetable gets the least amount of attention and deserves a spotlight? The one vegetable that I wish people would give more credit to are onions. Onions are amazing. Think about how much flavor they provide. You can make a French onion soup. You can put them in your stir fries. They go in Indian food, Mexican food, Italian food, Asian food. They go in Indian food. They go in everything. And they're white and they're a little ugly and it's okay. But think about how long they last. And they provide so much flavor. Onions. Final answer, onions. Let's bring it back. That's a good one. Um, I kind of think green beans. Don't you feel like green beans are so- Oh, green beans are amazing. Like, like everyone just talks about broccoli and it's starting to get like annoying. Broccoli's so overrated. I mean, I love broccoli. Don't get me wrong. I probably eat it every week. Green beans are so good, but no one talks about them. Yeah. No one talks about onions, Liz. 
Onions are going to make a comeback. 2022, onions are going to do what cauliflower did. Why can't they be 2021? We have to wait a whole year. 2021, yeah, we have to wait a whole year. Okay, fill in the, or fill in the blank. <laughs> this is weird. Every, <laughs> every RG that's been practicing for one year should always. Okay, every RD that's been practicing for one year should cut themselves some slack every once in a while. You're not an RD of 20 years. It's okay to not know what your niche is or your, you know, one research area study that I'm going to dedicate my whole life to. Um, that's amazing. First of all, like, don't get me wrong, but just enjoy, ride the wave, enjoy the process and take this time to like explore in other, in, in more broad things. Uh-huh. That's not a one word answer. But no, oh, sorry, it didn't have to be one word. No, that was great. I think that's that was a run on sentence. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point because, like, you you shouldn't know sometimes what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's okay no. to like not know. And I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves after the internship, like, I need to like dive into this now or else I'm going to be so behind. But like, you'll miss out on your life if you always think you're going to be behind. Yeah, you don't start out as a director right out of college or right out of your your exam, right? And so stop focusing on pretending like you need to be a director because you're not supposed to be. Um, and employers are not expecting you to as well. They're expecting you to make those little mistakes that'll help you grow. Yeah. All um, right, favorite character on Schitt's Creek? Literally sobbing. <laughs> um. I have to say, oh gosh, Stevie. Oh, that's a good one. I know. I was going to say Alexis because I, I, once I started watching it, I caught myself like, again, picking up on some of her mannerisms and I'm like, whoa. Um, But I have to say Stevie, she like makes me laugh in her little like meek way and like, I feel like I'm all like I can also be like that weird transition like what what, what kind of person and like she's kind of like that and so yeah I would say Stevie my friend laugh at me but I like love Roland <laughs> oh my god Roland pisses me off sometimes really? like he is so just such funny. a country bomb that I'm like oh get your shit together so stupid funny I just I just love him so much did you it's watch season favorite. six yeah okay I also didn't know after season six that there's like a goodbye episode and I was like sobbing I I didn't know that was like a thing I was literally like (laughs) like that kind of sobbing not like oh like there's a tear coming down my cheek but literally just like full heartbreak as if I was on that set with them filming I didn't know how much of an impact they made but I mean that show is amazing and (sighs) shout out to Angela Brzezina's um interview because I did watch I tried to watch it last year I didn't really understand it and then it won so many awards and I was like why don't I understand this if it's winning awards I want to fit in with everyone else and yeah it it is amazing you just gotta give it a chance that's so good all right last question are you ready I wonder what it is (laughs) if you could tell your younger arty self one thing what would you say if I could tell my younger RD self one thing, well, I'm, I am already a young RD, so I don't know. Is it like something I could tell myself or something I could tell like nutrition student, Christina? You tell anyone listening what you think is going to help. Um, you wish you knew. I wish I knew the impact of every connection 
that you make. I wish I would really like anytime I connected with someone really understand that if they were in a mentorship like realm that they genuinely want to help and that what you're doing is not imposing on them Um, because this is a really caring field and we all want each other to grow I think Um, and we all want to see the field prosper there's a lot of growth to happen and anytime that you were to reach out to someone for help truly truly try and get help don't waste your time try and get their help and and know that they also get something good out of it too um so really just foster that community that you've created whatever that is um and just don't take that for granted COVID, you could literally move to a different time zone and never see them ever again <laughs> but you can still connect with them but we can still connect thank you to yes. the internet. no it's so important it's so <laughs> every connection matters and I know you mean like it does matter and I think when you're younger you don't you're not like thinking about it really like anyway but yeah we all want we want everyone in our field to be successful and we've all been there where you've Mm -hmm. been so yeah don't be afraid to reach out and be a go-getter yeah and I would say on that note like it's it's an interesting scenario starting as a dietitian um during COVID but like, I feel like some of my experiences have been helpful for other people to see. Um, and so if there's anything that I could do for any aspiring, you know, sports or performance dietitians to kind of walk through this unique scenario of how the heck do I find a job when everything is closed? Um, you know, anything that I can do to help, I'm, I'm more than happy to do in order to help our field. I love it. Well, Christina, thank you so much for your time today. This was so fun. Of course. Of course. I hope I helped. (laughs) Yes. Well, have a great weekend and stay warm in Chicago. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Arty Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.